0: Welcome to the podcast of Central Church. This is our latest weekly message. Uh, Thanks everyone. It's really great to be uh, back here at Central Church. Um, COVID prevented uh, me getting here for the last uh, two years, but it's good uh, to be back and um, to be able to share today with all of you. So, Um, Today I really hope to take you on a journey. I hope uh, that you'll come on a journey with me. I pray it is a journey uh, for me, for you, for us and with Jesus and a journey of justice. Uh, A journey where we'll actually walk alongside each other, walking side by side one another to replay the story of the persistent widow in these lands now called Australia. Uh, and we've closed our eyes already um, in our time together this afternoon, but I pray it will be a journey of seeing with open eyes, uh, listening with open ears, relearning with open minds and loving with open hearts. And, and Caro actually took us to those different uh, places um, at the beginning of our service. But before we actually pack our bags and start the journey, uh, I wanted us to prepare. And we've already had a preparation, and I've got an image on the screen of Dharawal country, some images of Dharawal country. As we think about our journey is here, right here, and our preparation for the journey here in the present today, in these lands now called Australia, where we sit together in community, on country, on Dharawal country, in these lands now called Australia. And before we take a journey uh, into the parable Jesus told, uh, speaking to the disciples, that was actually his audience in in Luke chapter 18 verses 1 to 8. Before we do that, a preparation or some preparation questions for you to think about in your mind. So the questions for you. Have you ever been uh, before a court Or before a judge? You don't have to answer. This is just for you. Has anyone in your family or any of your friends uh, had to go before a court or a judge? Have you ever gone as a support person? Have you ever, as we think about judges and courts and the different kind of areas they can appear in uh, or what a judge and court might look like, Have you ever presented or attended as a member of the public at a parliamentary inquiry or a coronial inquest or a royal commission? Have you ever interacted with the police? And so here in these lands now called Australia, I'm asking you to place yourself. Uh, in the parable of uh, the persistent widow, remembering that Jesus' audience, as I've already said, are the disciples. Uh, and let us uh, re-enter with ourselves in this parable, Luke chapter 18, verses 1 to 8. Then Jesus told them a parable about their need to pray always and not to lose heart. So that she may not wear me out by continually coming. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God grant justice to his chosen ones who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long in helping them? I tell you, he will quickly grant justice to them. And yet when the son of man comes, will he find faith on earth? So I've got some more questions for you, and I want to ask you: Who do you identify with in this story? Is it the judge? I don't want you to think about the judge that sits there with uh, their gavel and in front of a jury. Judges can come in many shapes and forms in these lands now called Australia. Is it the widow? Is it one who cries out for justice day and night? Is it the disciples or is it just the people in the city who are also players in this story? And so we open our eyes to all the players, to the whole community and we open our ears, eyes, minds and hearts to the words. Uncle Reverend Graham Paulson, uh, a senior Aboriginal Christian leader, And he was actually the first Aboriginal person to be ordained as a Baptist pastor here in Australia. Uh, He was actually the pastor to Vincent Lingiari, uh, who led the Wave Hill walk-off of the Gringy peoples, uh, which is immortalised Vincent Lingiari's story in the song, From Little Things, Big Things Grow. And I want to make sure it came to my attention this year that some people only recognise Paul Kelly, But Aboriginal man Kev Carmody co-wrote From Little Things, Big Things Grow. So never forget Kev Carmody's name as well. Or Vincent Lingiari and I hope now Uncle Reverend Graham Paulson who was Vincent's uh, uh, pastor during that time. And Uncle Reverend Graham Paulson and with Mark Brett, a non-Indigenous theologian, Uh, They wrote the paper Five Smooth Stones, Reading the Bible Through Aboriginal Eyes. And you can just Google that and the PDF's freely available online. So Five Smooth Stones and Uncle Reverend Graham Paulson. And Mark Brett, uh, he actually acknowledges in the paper that most of the paper was from Uncle Reverend Graham Paulson. Um, But when they uh, wrote that uh, some 10 years ago, it's in, you know, To get published, we have to sometimes co-author with non-Indigenous theologians. Uh, But wonderful to see Mark Brett acknowledge that. But in this paper, and I often quote from it, reading the Bible with Aboriginal eyes, but they actually, I don't often use this part um, uh, to quote them, Uh, but they suggest that as Christians of all cultures, and particularly here in these lands now called Australia, that we need to repent of biblical interpretation that has led away from God's purposes. And to us they ask us to consider how we can read the scriptures in ways that restore the fullness of the well-being in God. And so what would it mean for us for you to look at our parable in Luke uh, chapter 18 verses 1 to 8 as a passage of fullness of well-being in God or any biblical scriptures for that matter? How would it help you to see the parable differently or even perhaps for the first time? And so I say the words. Jesus said to pray always and not to lose heart. And we've already um, at the beginning of our service with Caro thought about that prayer for ourselves and centred ourselves here on these lands now called Australia. And so uh, if we all say together, if you feel uh, welcome... Uh, or comfortable with, and everyone said, Amen. And so I was really excited to be asked to share with you on this parable of the persistent widow, uh, because do you actually know, I've actually shared uh, that passage or this passage in this building, in this building at Central Church before. Uh, Does anyone remember where that might have been? So it was, pardon. It was January 2018 for Change the Heart, where 2018, I called my friends around the country, uh, one of them being Central Church, and said, would you hold a a service, a space for us to come and do Change the Heart? It was like the second national um, moment for Change the Heart. And uh, there were actually three Bible passages The first one, and this was the order that they were read in, Habakkuk 2, verses 6b to 17, Luke 19, verses 1 to 10, and Luke 18, verses 1 to 8, today's passage. Uh, And whilst in those Change the Heart services, I didn't unpack the verses. Uh, Sometimes I do that just to get people thinking. Uh, I remember seeing people's faces, especially um, I. Uh, it didn't happen here, but in other locations around Australia, I specifically got um, uh, people who were working in theological colleges and recognised Australian theologians. Uh, I especially got them to read Habakkuk 2. and it was amazing to see their faces as they realised the application of that and the other two verses, including the one where, uh, passages, including the one we're looking at today. ...to go, oh my gosh, I've never actually related it to these lands now called Australia. And I guess that call of Uncle Reverend Graham Paulson to read the Bible with Aboriginal eyes. And so as we place ourselves in the stories... uh, ...and, um, uh, you know, to think about as Christians and followers of Jesus as God's people... uh, ...as we think about participating in truth-telling in these lands now called Australia... Uh, we think of uh, I'm going to read some of the passages from Habakkuk 2 verses 8 and 12 for you have shed human blood you have destroyed lands and cities and everyone in them woe to him who builds a city with bloodshed and establishes a town by injustice I wonder if for some of you a word I said in the acknowledgement of country might come to mind Verse 6, woe to him who piles up stolen goods and makes himself wealthy by extortion. Verse 9, woe to him who builds his house by unjust gain, setting his nest on high to escape the clutches of ruin. Verse 15, woe to him who gives drink to his neighbours, pouring it from the wineskin till they are drunk. And so for me, with my Aboriginal eyes, I can't avoid reading the Bible with Aboriginal eyes But you can all learn to read the Bible with Aboriginal eyes. I hear, see and feel the massacres of Aboriginal peoples, the stolen wages and slavery of Aboriginal peoples, stolen land, the alcohol that was used at colonisation to control Aboriginal peoples. And even today, as I think about Aboriginal deaths in custody, um, the offence that was supposed to be removed in 1991 but still exists in Queensland, the offence of public drunkenness, which has led to Aboriginal people dying in custody. And the fact uh, that there's pretty much a three-month waiting list across this country to get into drug and alcohol rehabilitation, for Aboriginal peoples it's even longer. And so we continue our journey to read the Bible with Aboriginal eyes. If you're thinking about Luke 19 verses 1 to 10, why did I pick that one? It was about Zacchaeus and the tax collector, verse 8 that says, "Look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated any body out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount." Uncle Reverend Graham Paulson continues in five smooth stones by saying that our our Bible interpretation—that's all of us—that's the our must include and perhaps even start with a repentance that includes turning away from the distortions of racism and colonial histories. And so Jesus said to pray always and not to lose heart. And so that's what we're going to do right now. We've already had that uh, individual prayer time and I'm going to give you – we won't have discussion at the end of the message but I've got these little activities – Uh, through the message and so I'd love you with the group around you uh, to pray in groups and you would have done this before because I know central churches use the resources but in this moment as we look at this parable and and we come together as this community so on the screen I should have a list of injustices hopefully you can see them there we are Maybe you can see, Uh, but I've already mentioned some of the injustices um, that have occurred in these lands now called Australia. And so uh, remembering that Jesus said to pray always and not to lose heart. So that's what we're going to do right now. So with the people around you, uh, pick an injustice uh, and pray. And so Luke 18 verses 1 to 8, the persistent widow when I think of the persistent widow, uh, who I think of is Auntie Reverend Alex Gator. And I've got a picture of her. And uh, I first really started to look at this uh, passage a few years ago. Auntie Reverend Alex Gator, uh, she's a senior Aboriginal Christian leader. She lives in Brisbane. She was actually the very first Aboriginal woman to be ordained by the Anglican Church in Queensland. Uh, and so um, uh, she's very dear to me as a local Aboriginal um uh, leader uh, in Brisbane, not just Christian leader, just like Auntie Jean Phillips. They're Aboriginal Christian leaders but play very significant roles in the community. Uh, and a lot of Christians don't realise that. These Aunty Alex, Aunty Jean actually lead big community gatherings in Brisbane uh, and uh, people go to them as a first point of call for, for lots of things that happen. And uh, I was sitting at this uh, event with Aunty Alex um uh, we didn't really agree with the non-Indigenous Christian speaker who was speaking about us without us, uh, which was fascinating, or speaking about Aboriginal people in the Northern Territory without us. Uh, and Aunty Alex turned to me and she's like, you know, Brooke, um, uh, when uh, the verse that had often been given to her by people that they said reminded these pe- non-Indigenous people said Arnie Alex reminded them um, of her, and it was the persistent widow and it was not a passage I'd spent all that much time with before, but then to have my eyes open in that one moment with that beautiful interaction with Arnie Alex and the, the journey we've been on over the, the last 10 years as I stepped into my Aboriginal Christian leadership journey 10 years ago this year, so back in 2012. And so, But the story of the persistent widow, uh, Aunty Alex Gator has done prison work for 27 years as a prison chaplain. uh, Sometimes paid um, in the last couple of years, uh, you get less than $60 a day as a prison chaplain. Uh, And so that might be okay for non-Indigenous people who can raise the support around them. For us as Aboriginal Christian leaders, any of us doing it in ministry, we don't have a bank of people around us who can support our ministries. Uh, but we know our people need us, and especially in the prisons, uh, so many of our people need us. And Annie Alex ha- has done a phenomenal job. Um, she also does so many of the funerals. In Brisbane, which is the second largest Aboriginal community in Australia, we can have three uh, Aboriginal funerals a week. And so she's going into the prison. She's doing at least one funeral a week. Uh, This is what being on the front line of Aboriginal ministry actually means. Um, But she is a a fighter for justice. She's been there for Aboriginal deaths in custody. Um, uh, She, Aunty Reverend Alex Gator, was the first one to ever say the word Adani to me. Because Wangan Jagalingu country is actually her country. And there was a gathering of us as Aboriginal Christian leaders in Brisbane in Musgrave Park, which is... Uh, is actually not given to the Aboriginal people, the council still own it, but it 's like the only space that we have in the whole of Brisbane to together as the Aboriginal community uh, and that 's where our eternal flame is for injustice. It's not just at the tent embassy there's an eternal flame. many of us have them in um, specific places in the capital city, but cities. but Brisbane um, is there at Musgrave Park and Arnie Alex called us together. There are about ten of us as Aboriginal Christian leaders from across Brisbane. And she got us to pray for this little bird and she showed us this photo and said it was at danger of extinction. No one else had ever said the name Adani or about um, this little finch. Uh, But that's her country and and she was at the forefront of that justice. Today many people know about that little bird and about Adani. But Aunty Alex was there and she was calling us to prayer. Um, So she educated us but she called us to prayer. And the persistent widow makes me think of so many Aboriginal women. I think about Latoya Rule, and I've got her photo, the sister of Wayne Feller Morrison. Latoya, a very dear friend of mine. Wayne Feller Morrison uh, died in custody in South Australia. He was on remand, uh, died in custody in South Australia in 2016. Uh, I've been to um, his coronial inquest. It's continued on. We still have not reached the end of that coronial inquest in 2022. The length of the wait. A coronial inquest doesn't bring you justice, it just brings you answers for how someone might have died, not just how they might have died. It doesn't bring anyone to justice. And all those years later, we still uh, wait. But Latoya, um, she's led the campaign to ban spit hoods. Uh, she's been over in the US recently, um, taking that campaign over there. Uh, and um, an incredible woman. Um, and the Persistent Widow reminds me of her. I, of course, uh, cannot. Uh, past thinking about Auntie Jean Phillips and uh, whilst you might have experienced her through common grace to actually walk alongside her in her leadership in Brisbane where she lives but as she travels the nation her and I have sat in so many meetings together that um, people will never know the injustice uh, that she has experienced the racism in the Australian church she's experienced Um, and and often these are meetings her and I have just sat together there's stories we haven't shared and we probably never will, uh, but uh, that asking for justice and asking for that through relationship and the word I use as friendship. And so I honour Auntie Jean Phillips in this moment as well. We also, even the persistent widow, whilst it was about a woman, reminds me of our Aboriginal men. And the one I wanted to share today was Uncle Ned um, Jumper Jimper, uh Hargraves. Uh, you might know this image from after the... Uh, case um, of cummin J. Walker um, and the murder charges got dismissed and Kumin J. Walker died in custody in uh, Alice Springs and so uh, hashtag justice for Walker and Uncle Ned is a Walpree elder. You can just add him as a friend on Facebook if you really, but please don't add Aboriginal people as your friends on Facebook if you're there to be a spy um, uh, and to share things uh, for unjust purposes and that's happening to a lot of us Uh, and it's very sad and because we just don't know who our friends are Um, but you know we pretty much accept everyone as our friends Uh, but um, Uncle Ned had some great things to say on social media just recently but he called for no more guns in community a way to stop the violence and Aboriginal people dying in custody they don't want police to bring guns in their community a great way to think about how we could preserve um, and value uh, human life and especially the lives of Aboriginal peoples. And then as I thought about judges and and what they represent and I think judges I've seen in, uh, judges are very familiar to me in these lands now called Australia – um, there's actual judges, but for me it also like, looks like the media. It sometimes look like church ministers, sometimes look like non-indigenous Christians um, and people I pass on the street. And so to think about what does this judge mean in these lands now called Australia. And so um, I think I have an image of uh, me presenting at a parliamentary inquiry on the 14th of February 2022. H- has anyone watched this presentation? Oh, I'm going to read it out but you can, it's on the public record, it's on Hansard and you can actually go and watch it. I've given you the links um, down the bottom and uh, it's a whole day's proceeding so I gave you uh, the section um, that I was given. You're only given three minutes to give an opening statement um, and then questions. So, uh, But this was the 14th of February 2022. If you know about Aboriginal dates, the 14th of February is the day after Apology Day. Uh, and that's actually, um, oh no, it is apology day? Anyway, we're thinking about the stolen generations and the lack of closing the gap around this time but that's when uh, the Queensland Parliament Community Support and Services Committee uh, met to consider uh, raising the age of criminal responsibility uh, in Queensland from 10 years of age to the international recommendation of 14 years of age. Uh, The information I found out at this uh, Parliamentary Committee is that every 10-year-old in prison in Queensland is Aboriginal. Um, I I also found out that those between the ages of 10 and 14 in Queensland at any one time, you're actually only talking about 83 children. Uh, And so we wanted to raise the age to 14 and and this has been a, a campaign for at least a decade. And these are the words um, that I read out because nine years uh, ago I was on another parliamentary inquiry talking about juvenile justice as well and so I reflect on that time through what I said. And so as we think about our our parable and in these lands now called Australia, these are the words I shared on the 14th of February this year. Uh, And I, I took some out so I share a few of them. In 2013, nine years ago, As an Aboriginal pastor and a Waka Waka woman, I sat in front of a Queensland Parliamentary Committee regarding youth justice. I was the only Aboriginal person to be part of the public hearing, even though most of the children we are talking about are Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander. I mainly work on education and faith in action with non-Indigenous Christians. There can be no reconciliation without truth and justice. Many non-Indigenous Australians and Queenslanders are shocked when I tell them the age of criminal responsibility is 10 years of age. Some don't even know what age of uh, criminal responsibility means. I tell them Australia and Queensland sends 10-year-old children to prison. Often they don't believe me, but as Aboriginal peoples in these lands now called Australia and Queensland, we know only too well the truth of what can happen to our precious children. In 2013, to that Queensland Parliamentary Committee, I said these words and they still ring true today, nine years later. And so I say them to this Queensland Parliamentary Committee in 2022. And remembering that the Parliamentary Committee are elected representatives that are supposed to represent me as uh, a person who lives in Queensland. And so I said these words to them again. I sit before you today heartbroken. I sit before you today heartbroken that we have not achieved reconciliation in these lands now called Australia. I sit before you today heartbroken that Australia and Queensland has not succeeded in closing the gap and that Australia and Queensland have not made Indigenous poverty history. I sit before you today heartbroken for the Aboriginal families who have children in prison. Today I, sit, I add that I sit before you heartbroken at listening to government departments presenting information what is not our lived reality as Aboriginal peoples in the state of Queensland. I sit before you heartbroken that our Aboriginal children and young people are indeed being arrested for shoplifting and not having train fares and that is what takes them to prison. As Christians and followers of Jesus, Jesus calls us to love our neighbours ourselves. That is all our neighbours, without distinction and without discrimination. That is love, without distinction and without discrimination. Jesus has much to say about children. In Matthew chapter 18, and sidebar because this is going off the speech now, it's actually later on in Luke 18 verses 15 to 16 um, that this is replicated. Jesus calls a little child to him and places the child amongst the people and says, Truly I tell you. Unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. Prisons, detention centres, watch houses are not where our children should be welcomed. In July 2020, the new Closing the Gap targets were released. The week before, the Attorney Generals from every state and territory met together to raise the age of criminal responsibility. They said they needed another 12 months. Well, it's 19 months later. We are tired of waiting. This should have been done 12 months ago. You can do this today. It is time. It is time non-Indigenous Australians took seriously the need to close the gap and the action they must take, including enacting the criminal law, raising the age of responsibility, Amendment Bill 2021. It is time for the precious children of Queensland to be loved instead of locked up. It is time for an Australia and a Queensland that I dream of, pray for and need. An Australia and Queensland built on truth, justice, love, and hope. It is time today. So remembering pretty much words I had repeated nine years earlier. Six months after I said these words in February this year, and to members of the Queensland Parliament across the political spectrum, on the 16th of August this year, just two and a half months ago, and on the same day the Queensland Government signed the Queensland Path to Treaty Commitment, the Queensland Labor Government voted against the bill to raise the age of criminal responsibility. Only three members of Parliament voted in favour. Our only two Greens members in the Queensland Parliament and an Independent. Those members that sat on that parliamentary committee were very moved by my speech and Auntie Bonnie Robertson, another persistent widow, an incredible Aboriginal Christian leader who runs an incredible Aboriginal community organisation, GUI. They were moved to tears, but we do not understand why they could vote against this. 98% of the public submissions, there were only two against, which was the Queensland Police Union and a former police commissioner, all were in favour of raising the age. People often say, Brooke, how do you keep going? And I usually say, because I know God is up to something, and that's something I want to be a part of. But I've reflected on that. And that's uh, actually why I keep going. How I keep going is to pray and not lose heart. And so um, I've I've redone this prayer so that we can do it collectively. So we've had our personal, our our groups, and now collectively. If if you would like to, um, there's a response uh, to each section. Um, If you feel led uh, to respond um, with the words that are on the screen... Uh, the words are all and in bold, um, uh, then please feel free to to raise your voice um, in an act of uh, praying, always praying, and not to lose hope. And so we pray together in community and join our voices together. God of holy dreaming, great creator spirit, Papa Jesus, today we pray together on common ground, common ground of an ancient land you created, common ground of thousands of years of peoples and place, common ground where our stories weave together in community and with your story. God, we are longing for acknowledgement. We acknowledge your creation was disturbed and disrupted in 1770 and 1788. We acknowledge the bloodshed from the massacres and genocide. We acknowledge our failure to break the great Australian silence. We acknowledge the true history of these lands now called Australia. God, we are longing for truth. We grieve the truth of t- statistics that show we are not equal truth of death, sickness, imprisonment, truth of lack of education and lack of employment, truth of a gap that isn't closed. God, we are longing for justice. We seek justice for stolen land, stolen wages, stolen children, stolen lives. We seek justice for yesterday, today and tomorrow. God, we are longing for love. We come together in the love of you, Jesus. We come together for the love of our neighbour. We confess we have not loved one another as you have called us to. We pray to do better. God, we are longing for hope. God, give us comfort for the pain, courage for the fight, strength for the journey, persistence for truth, justice and love. Jesus, you are our hope. Amen. Many of you know I dream of an Australia that we build together. An Australia built on truth, justice, love and hope. It's an Australia I actively participate in building, an Australia I actively pray for. I pray you'll be part of my dream, action and prayers. But you actually have to want it. You have to be willing to see the brokenness, the chaos, the mess, the poverty and the injustice. You have to be willing to feel the pain you have to be willing to vision a different future. It's a future that needs but actually requires all of us. It's how the creator designed us. It's how Aboriginal people see, hear and feel and be. It's actually knowing that all things are connected. And as Aunty Ellen Trevorrow from the Narrangiri peoples who comes from over 2,000 generations of weavers, she says... Stitch by stitch, circle by circle, weaving is like the creation of life. All things are connected. And as I uh, look at this image of her weaving, I thank God for the persistent widows in these lands now called Australia. I think of the unjust judges in these lands now called Australia who are all too familiar to me. I pray and not lose hope. because I look out to a community like this at Central Church, Port Kembla, and tune in to the heart of God. In Colossians 2, in the message, it says, I want you woven into a tapestry of love, in touch with everything there is to know of God. As Aboriginal peoples, we know this tapestry. We want you to know it. It's the tapestry of neighbourhood. It's a tapestry that is not Aboriginal, but is Dharawal, and Darkanjung, and Dungudi, is Waka Waka, Wopri, Wadi Wadi, Gubbi Gubbi, Gadigal, Garang Garang, is a Awabikul, Adnamatna, Aranda, is Ghana, Gamilaroi, Kuku Yalanji is Ngunnawal, Nambri, Noongar, is Larakia, Lachi Lachi, Luricha. It's a tapestry that's English, Dutch, Scottish, Irish, German, Chinese, Greek, Italian, Vietnamese, Chinese, Sudanese, Syrian, Iranian, Ukrainian. It's a tapestry of community, of woman, of man, young, old, sick, healthy, and of all varying abilities. One that looks more like treaties than recognition, more like conciliation than reconciliation, more like friend than problem and issue. It's a tapestry of heaven and earth, land and sky, oceans and rivers, animals and birds, tree and flower, reef and rainforest, desert and lake. It's a tapestry that weaves together me, you, neighbour, community, kingdom using the threads of every colour of the rainbow. It's a tapestry that takes ancient threads, new threads and even manages to weave together broken threads. It's a tapestry of justice. And the tapestry is the holy threes. Creator, Holy Spirit and Jesus. God didn't just knit me in my mother's womb, but he knitted you and you and you and you and you and and then wove us all together. Uh, And it's a tapestry where today more threads are woven together as our stories and our lives collide today, right here in this moment on Durraal Country. It's here today where Jesus and justice are woven together with you and with us. It's a tapestry where tomorrow more threads will be woven together through what you do, what you do, in your neighbourhood, community and nation as a follower of Jesus. And as I come to finish, I share with you a painting by my sister, Waka Waka artist Jasmine Roberts. And some of you might be familiar with this painting and she's at my time for dreaming. And the painting's titled, The Exiles Hear the Call to Country. And uh, the image came about, it was actually a dream I had and I I gave her my chartered accountant drawing of what that dream looked like and what I wanted her to paint. Uh, And it goes with my theological paper called Dangerous Memories in the Land We Now Call Australia. Do the exiles hear the call to country today? Um, And that's in the book Not in Kansas Anymore. But this painting, I'm in this painting and you are in this painting. Country is in this painting. Jesus, Holy Spirit and God are in this painting. And someone once told me that we are only one truth, one story, one reframe away from clearly seeing our place in the struggle, the path before us and the call on our hearts. I hope through reading Um, the parable of the persistent widow with Aboriginal eyes today, that you can see that one truth, that one story, that one reframe from seeing your path in the journey. And the call on my heart is love. Love of Jesus, who through love challenged the rich and powerful. Love of Jesus, who through love walked beside the lost, the last and the least, the persistent widow those who cry out for justice day and night love of jesus who through love requires us to act justly to love mercy and to walk humbly love of jesus who calls us to be transformed by the renewing of our minds whilst commanding us to love our god with all our heart with all our soul with all our mind and with all our strength and to love our neighbor as ourself love of jesus who calls you to love with truth and justice, to pray always and to not lose hope. Lord, may it be so. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you want to check out more about Central, visit us at centralchurch.org.au. Music by Chris D'Souza, a beloved member of Central.